Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn Davis Furnace. Welcome to my show. Quinn Davis Furnace presents the Beantown Podcast for Sunday, August 29th. We got three days left of this god-awful month. It's so hot. What's going on? My name is Quinn David Furnace, and this is my show, the Beantown Podcast. We are one of the better podcasts on the north side of Chicago. Shout out to my friends in Pakistan. I am the Karachi Kid, one of the best top-ranked comedy podcasts in the entire nation of Pakistan. Hello, Hyderabad. Hello, Islamabad. Hello, all those other places. If, if we're coming in clear in the Khyber Pass, if we make it into the valley, hello to there as well. It's so hot. I was on my run yesterday morning. Uh, and you know, it's six o'clock in the morning and I, I think I was kind of between like Chicago and division along the lakefront trail. So just north of Navy Pier before you get to North App Beach. And I literally ran past two ladies who had stopped their run and were chatting. And one of the ladies just looked up to the sky and proclaimed, I hate August, it's so hot. And uh, that's a pretty good summary for my feelings as well. I was pretty gassed yesterday morning, even after not having run for an entire week, because I went on a little adventure. Quinn's South American Southwest Great American Road Trip. That would be a good acronym, whatever that is. A S. G-A-R-T Asgart I think is what that's spelled out Listener discretion is advised When you're listening to the Beantown Podcast Number one will occasionally use some language Number two, this podcast is objectively terrible But I got I got some tales for you T-A-L-E-S Tales That hopefully you all will enjoy We're going to give you the full rundown Minute by minute of my trip, not not quite that granular because many minutes were spent on cruise control, driving through the desert, listening to good Christian, God-fearing radio. But I will, I'll take you all the way through the trip. So apologies if this episode runs long. Uh, I, I I was taking notes in my phone throughout the week of things I wanted to talk about. I will mention that going into the week. I was considering, I didn't bring any recording stuff with me, obviously, flying spirit, um, hiking everywhere. I literally brought a backpack, and I still had a computer in there, and other than that, I pretty much had, like, a couple pairs of uh, compression shorts, which I wore for, as underwear, because I was hiking the whole week, Um and also just like less sweaty and I was wearing my hiking pants on the plane I brought one pair of shorts outside of that and then probably two or maybe like three shirts um, and some socks and a pair of sandals and that's all I had with me on the trip in addition to you know toiletries and when I got got to Phoenix I went out and bought like some trail mix and a gallon of water, etc. They say plan plan for survival when you're out there, Grand Canyon, Death Valley, 
all that stuff. And so that's what I did. And I never had any issues there. But what I was going to say, I was going into the week thinking I, I, I thought, you know, it would be fun to whip out my phone and do some live in the moment voice memos as I was in, you know, a couple different spots like the bottom of the Grand Canyon, Death Valley, uh, Hollywood, so on and so forth. But honestly, I was when I got to the bottom of the Grand Canyon and it was like 7.15 in the morning, I was just like on a very real straightforward level here, I am just trying to like conserve energy here. Um, not that I was worried about like running out of physical strength or anything like that, but I was like, I don't know if I can like sit down here after hiking six miles with six miles uphill still in front of me and just like talk for whatever five ten minutes like I, I literally don't know if I want to expend that energy and I eventually decided I wasn't going to so uh, it can, uh, to counteract that or in place of that if you will I just took notes on my phone of things I wanted to talk about uh, as as the week progressed and that's where that's right where we'll jump in so I woke up pretty early Monday morning took the bus to the train to the airport. I got to tell you, my new location in Lincoln Park, right along Diversity, it's pretty convenient to get out to the airport. It takes me about an hour and five, hour ten, depending on if you catch the, the train. But because I live right across the street from the bus stop, you can time out uh, your, your first leg of your, your journey really easily, which is great. You just hop on the 76. You take it to Logan Square, you get on the blue line there, and that takes you all the way. So really pretty easy going out to uh, the airport these days. A lot easier than living up in Rogers Park, which I like. Uh, so I get to the airport. Everything's all good. I almost set a new TSA record. This I, I don't keep track of individual airports. I believe my overall TSA record is somewhere in the like 24 to 27 second range, which I set in Redmond, uh, which is a small local airport in Oregon. Uh, this one, although uh, still very fast in O'Hare, I believe 36 seconds was what I did on Monday morning. Uh, it was pretty. I was pretty fast. Uh, I got that TSA pre-check. Quick, quick aside. Uh, quick plug. They're not sponsors of the show, but TSA pre-check. Uh, I think it's eighty-five dollars for five years. If you fly with any sort of frequency, I I really believe it's just like do it. I mean, eighty-five is not like a tiny sum of money, but you also consider it's for five years. And obviously, I fly more than the average person, but. It's just so nice. You zip right through the line. You're never waiting. Rarely are you waiting. Uh, and you, when you you know go through security, you just boom. You set your backpack down. You stick it through the thing. You walk in through the metal detector. You pick up your backpack and go. There's no, oh my god, let me take my shoes off or let me move my computer to a separate bin, keeping track of all that stuff. It's just, it's just, let's, let's do it. Let's go. So $85 for five years. I am like all over that. I think my, my TSA pre-check goes for about another 12 months or so here. So I got to look into renewing that next summer. But um, yeah, I, I think it's great. I, I love it. 
My flight, I actually didn't make a note of this, but I'm just recalling this now. My flight to Phoenix was rough. Um, I, I was fortunate as I was flying spear both ways. So you don't get to choose seats or anything like that. I was given an aisle seat, which is great, but of course it's never that easy. You get down, I'm way in the back of the plane, like 36 C or something like that. And I realized there was someone already sitting in my seat. The middle seat was empty. The person who was sitting in my seat was a father and his presumably partner and child were on the opposite, on the other side in the aisle seat. And so I could, I saw, I, I saw what was happening before I even, you know, got right to my row, and I was just like, "All right, I can sit in the middle." So I did, and this baby was not not even a baby; it was at least a year old, but just. Three hours and 20 minutes of whining. And the weirdest thing, they kept passing it back and forth across the aisle. And it was just not happy in any position. And it was big enough to where, like, when the dad was holding it sitting next to me, he he wasn't really paying attention to how he was holding it or he wasn't. He just didn't care. And so that baby was kicking. I, I My right arm was bruised. Uh, my... Uh, like elbow area and bicep were bruised um when i got to my motel later that night i looked at it it was just like it was it was rough i was uh not having a good time they weren't having a good time there was also a kid maybe two rows behind me who you know had to have been a little bit older but the whole flight intermittently every for you know it would go for like 60 seconds and then be off for two or three minutes and go for six, just screaming mommy at the top of his lungs. Just like, like someone was, was, I don't know, tied as something to as something else. It, it was really unpleasant. And so the combo of those two kids was, was great. And then you, we had the classic thing where you get to the ground or you land and you get to your gate the bell dings, and just the there were only a couple of rows behind me on this plane, but the people back there it was a a a rampage going up the aisle, which I've seen once or twice on flights before. you know you always have one or two people who are kind of trying to storm to the front, and it's like, dude, you're back in thirty five good luck or thirty six wherever we were, but this was like the whole group there were seven or eight people it was just like the when the wildebeest take out Mufasa it was pretty nuts. So I get my car. I, I drove a Nissan Altima this week. It was pretty solid. I love my Nissans. I rented with Hertz. Had a pretty good experience. It's crazy. I, I, I know there's, you know, the national, not national, the brand, but national countrywide uh, car rental shortage post or or throughout covid and and now kind of at, at this stage of the pandemic but it's so crazy to me how enterprise and national are just so expensive and everyone else is so not expensive like there's just a huge disparity there and so i'm usually an enterprise person cuz that's where all my points are but i was just like it was like pay 140 a day with enterprise or like 30 a day with hertz and it's like well at the end of the day, it's you're getting the same experience. So 
Yeah. Everything with a car was great. I put 1,500 and change miles on it. Had cruise control. No bells and whistles. That's fine. I don't need bells and whistles as long as the AC works. And I got some cruise control, which, to be fair, I didn't actually use a ton. Um, just because I was... It was constantly moving in and out of traffic. Always always a lot of trucks where I was going. But, yeah, good car. So I, I, I go to a Target in Phoenix. I stock up some trail mix. Tried out the birthday cake flavor of Pop-Tarts. Would not recommend. Just, you know, when you get a Pop-Tart, you want not only good icing, but you want a solid filling. These Pop-Tarts, like, didn't have filling. In fact, uh, thinking back, I, 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 <laughs> there might have been filling in there, but I don't particularly recall tasting any. So would not recommend that. But got some classic trail mix and bought a huge gallon. When I say huge gallon, it's the same as a regular gallon, but it's just huge um, of water. Um, and uh, went on my, oh, got got like a... 12-pack of the little Gatorade bottles, whatever those are. They're like 12 ounces or something. I figured you're going to want your electrolytes. And I went on my way. I drove up uh, to uh, Sedona first, which is about two hours north of Phoenix. Pretty easy drive. It It was pretty hot. The whole time it was hot. It's hot here. It's hot there. Uh, but I got to Sedona, and I was, you know, it, it was like 4 o'clock in the afternoon at this point, and I knew I was going to wake up super early the next morning. But I was like, I, I've never been to Sedona before. Let's just do a, a quick little hike. So I actually drove back not too far off the main road to this trailhead, uh, and it's like Red Rocks country. If you've ever been to, like, Garden of the Gods in Colorado, um, it's it's kind of got that feel, that vibe to it. And actually, you had to drive back a little bit on this dirt road. Very bumpy. Would not be the first time I did that on this trip. Um, or would not be the last time, excuse me. And it's actually is kind of interesting. This, this trail that I hiked, there's the foot trail. It's like, you know, for people and mountain bikes, whatever. But then off to the side, it kind of follows the same path sometimes. Uh, but it was a Jeep trail as well. So people will bring their Jeeps back there. And there's also like Jeep tours and super bumpy and rocky. I think I would get really sick if I rode in a Jeep trying to drive on that. But uh, I just went for a little hike out to, uh, oh, I don't remember what it's called, Chicken Chicken Point or something like that. Um, and you got really beautiful views of the valley, both north and south. And I uh, got a little lost Coming back, not is like halfway lost because I knew where I was. I knew the direction I needed to go to get to my car. Um, And it was really easy because the sun was setting in the east kind of over the top of some rocks. Um, Our sun was setting in the west. Yikes. Maybe I was more lost than I thought. But it was just like I I lost the trail a couple times and just ended up walking through like, you know, some some cacti, some bramble, if you will. But I got I got my way back. Drove up to Flagstaff. I uh, got some supper from a local brewery. I'm trying to remember what it was called. 
I took a picture uh, of the bottle because I thought it was really cool. It was like a th this place is great. You can get carry out single bottles. You don't see anything like that in Chicago. We need to bring that here because that was awesome. Uh, I did that at another place too. In um, uh, where was I? Bakersfield, California. We'll get to there in a little bit here. But yeah, I go to Flagstaff. Let me check my notes, make sure I'm not forgetting anything here as we're progressing linearly, L-I-N-E-R-L-Y. I get to Flagstaff, and I had booked this motel knowing I wasn't going to be there for an extended period of time. And it was just like the most stereotypical shitty motel you can imagine. Like someone was definitely murdered in my room a couple nights before I got there. I literally walked in, you know, to the tiny little office to check in. And the first guy, I was third in line. The guy who was actually at the counter for the customer who was at the counter first was barking about not having a paper receipt because this place is all digital. The second lady was saying, was trying to get a room without an ID because she had recently escaped prison. And then there was me who... I've, it was a little. I, I was a little bit less exciting of a customer. I don't know if the young Indian man who ran the joint appreciated that or was giving me a funny look after I left because I was a little bit too spotless of a record. But uh, I got my room, and yeah, I literally sat down. I ate dinner, took a shower, was pretty worried about you know, being murdered by Anthony Perkins the whole time I was showering, but I made it quick. And when I say I woke up early in the next morning, 2.50 a.m., like, there's early, which for me is usually like 4 o'clock in the morning to go for a run, and then there's like, basically I didn't sleep, which is 2.50 in the morning. I had some nervous energy, maybe not nervous energy, but excited energy, if you will. Um, woke up, got a cup of coffee at a Dutch Bros in Flagstaff down the road. There was a, a young lady working there, couldn't have been older than 19 or 20, uh, presumably a Northern Arizona University college student. Got my coffee, gave her a $10 tip because I was like, hey, Quality quality coffee experience at three o'clock in the morning. You look like a college student. Here's here's some pay it forward investing in local community. Don't spend it all in one place. So went on my way. It's about ninety minute drive from Flagstaff up to the Grand Canyon. I should mention the drive. Uh, I think it's like eighty five Arizona eighty five A or something. The drive from Sedona to Flagstaff. You have to basically like go up the side of this canyon. Uh, it's really beautiful. If you are ever driving in that general area, don't go on the high, don't go on the interstate. Take that drive. You're doing like all these crazy. It's you know reminiscent of driving in you know the Appalachian Mountains uh, or like the Great Smokies or something. You're just doing these crazy switchbacks, going way up. Your car's RPM is like above nine. Uh, <laughs> But then eventually you get to the, the higher elevation, which, you know, Flagstaff is like, 
I don't I don't know the official elevation of Flagstaff. I think it's somewhere in the like 7,000 range, something like that. I hit 8,000 driving from Flagstaff to the Grand Canyon, pretty high up there. Um, but yeah, it's a beautiful drive. A lot, lot of scenic drives that I took on this trip. That was the first big one. But yeah, I get to the Grand Canyon uh, right about 4.45 in the morning, something like that. I'd finished up my my coffee and I was ready to go. So I packed my backpack. I got my trail mix and my water and I am all ready to go. I saw a an adolescent mountain lion in the parking lot, which was pretty cool in the headlights. Not for very long, just uh, he, he skittered across the uh, the pavement and went off into the bushes, but that was pretty neat. I'm hiking down the Grand Canyon. It's dark outside because I left right at 5 o'clock on the dot, uh, which is pretty neat. Past maybe like two couples right towards the top, but I was moving and grooving. I was ready for action. Um, my first major incident, not really an incident, but just a, note, a noteworthy happening I'm tooling, I'm tooling down there between the 1.5 and 3-mile rest houses, and it's starting to get a little bit lighter. You know, it's probably 5.30, 5.40 at this point. And all of a sudden, I look up off to my right, but still right on the trail. There's a large boulder um, up to my right. And wouldn't you know it, just sitting there watching me is a bighorn sheep. And I got to tell you, I mean, I did not come prepared in terms of knowing what to do. I mean, I've been to Alaska. I've been, well, I've been to pretty much everywhere, um, generally in the United States at this point outside of Hawaii. So I've read about like, oh, what do you do if you see a bear? What do you do if you see a moose? Like, and I don't, I don't remember every single, you know, thing or animal and what you're supposed to do. But I have never researched or <laughs> read about what do you do if you see a bighorn sheep. And so I, I, I see it, and I was thoroughly spooked, and I was just like, okay, well, I'm just gonna keep going, and hopefully. He's chill, and so I'm I'm tweaking a little bit, I think is what kids say, and I look over my shoulder, and there he is on the trail just sauntering behind me. He couldn't have been further than 20 or 30 feet at this point, so very he, close enough to where I'm like, holy shit, like what? If he decides he's going to take a run at me, I'm on this narrow switchback path. Like, what? What's the what's the strategy here? Because if this thing lowers his head, he uses the Pokemon move Skull Bash, which is a two turn move. I I I didn't feel like I was going to have a a turn to figure out what to do. This was like a one turn Skull Bash. Um, and so I start moving a little bit more quickly. But I'm like, are you supposed to do the like slowly back away? I, I, I had no idea. So I was just like, let, let me just go. And he probably followed me for 10 or 15 seconds at about the same pace. Never got any closer. So he wasn't like charging or anything like that. Thank God. Um, 
But yeah, eventually he must have just turned off, found some tasty bramble to eat or something. But yeah, I I was, you know, I was completely spooked. Uh, I was not prepared for that encounter. So it took me it took me a little while, like mentally to get over it. But yeah, I mean, that was just a lot more than I was expecting at 5.45 in the morning. So, yeah, I make my way down. Going down for me is less enjoyable than, well, there are pros and cons of going down versus going up. Going down is really hard on my knees. Uh, Going up has its obvious drawbacks. But make it down to Indian Gardens, go out to Plateau Point. The whole hike there is about six and a half miles. And uh, stopped to rest at Plateau Point, got my water, some trail mix, took some pics, saw the Colorado River. There were some people just hanging out in the river with their tubes. And uh, at about 8 o'clock, it was about two hours and 15 minutes going down with, with some rests, two and a half hours going back up. So I was, if you're doing your math and you realize one is pretty much straight down the first four and a half miles, and one is pretty much straight up the last four and a half miles, and there's only a 15-minute difference or so. I I was moving. Um, I just didn't want to get caught in the sun. I didn't want to – I encountered two mule trains. It wasn't too bad. You know, you just step off to the side. 30 seconds later, they're past you. But obviously, you get closer and closer to the top. Tons and tons of tourists who will, you know, only go down a mile and a half or something like that. Um but, you know, the last last leg, last mile and a half, it's already 10 o'clock in the morning. You're pretty much in the sun. It's a solid, I don't know, at that point, 90 degrees. I think that day in Grand Canyon, it got up to like 106 or something like that was the high. And I've already been, you know, you've been going for 11 or 12 miles at that point. So you're just like, you 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 stop to catch your breath when you absolutely have to. But for me, it was pretty much like, there's gonna. I've got a long drive after this. There's gonna be plenty of time to catch my breath, sitting on my ass, driving to Las Vegas after this. So, I powered through. It was a good, good, solid hike. Got a lot of water, but I really started to notice it was. It's so dry down there, and your elevation, and so dusty. I wasn't like laboring for my breath, even going uphill. I mean, well, obviously at certain points I was, but it was so. Just just felt like there was dust in my lungs and in my nose. It was constantly running, irritated. Eyes were really, like, red and watery. So that was a bummer. And it eventually led to my dual nostril bloody noses. So I, I finish my hike, and I drive up, long drive, to... The Hoover Dam, which I've been to before, and I just wanted to go to see it. I drove all the way to the top of the kind of hill to the visitor center, away from most of the people, or the, the gift shop, not the visitor center. You drive through huge swaths of people, and then I got to the very top, where there's kind of a scenic lookout and a lot, lot less people, a lot fewer people which I appreciate. 
But yeah, right when I get to the top, I stop to get some souvenirs and uh, walking back to my car. You know, it's like 105, 105 degrees at that point. And uh, I just reach up to touch my nose and wouldn't you know it, bloody mustache, blood starts streaming down both nostrils at the same time. That's very rare. It was elevation, dust, dryness, perfect storm. And uh, so I had to sit in my car. The first, first one was the longest. And it was the only time I had them both going at the same time. But uh, it, it, it was mighty powerful. I had the foresight just thinking ahead like this could be an issue based on my past issues with bloody noses at elevation. I took a roll of toilet paper from the motel and Flagstaff. And thank God I did. Because otherwise things would have gotten real bloody. Um, so I'm really glad that I, I did that. That is what I was trying to say as GarageBand stopped, got the air message, the disc is too slow, whatever that means. So, so I drove from, uh, from Hoover Dam to Las Vegas. I was staying about two miles straight east of the strip along Flamingo Road. And I didn't do any strip-related activities, no gambling, none of those shenanigans, I'm just not a Vegas person. That's okay. It's not for everyone. But uh, it was a convenient rest spot for me. Um, the rest of the trip, the, the last three nights I was there, I was staying in Airbnbs, like private rooms. Uh, so this was a German couple, I think, stayed in their room. Uh, and I woke up uh, pretty early the next morning to uh, not not anywhere close to 250 it was probably like 530 something like that and uh, i decided to uh, oh i should mention um the other animals i saw in the grand canyon i saw a lot of mule deer i saw a little javelina running around and i already mentioned the sheep and the mountain lion so i drive out to death valley it's probably two hours and change two and a half hours, something like that, uh, from Vegas. So I get out to Death Valley. It's about 8 o'clock in the morning, something like that. I was pretty excited. Never been to Death Valley before and also felt like I was getting there early enough to avoid a lot of tourists. So the first thing I do, I I go up to, uh, I think it's called Zibliski Point, one of the, like, original mining guys out there, I think was named Zibliski. And it's just me and another couple. You kind of park in a lot, and then you have to walk not far, quarter mile up a hill. Uh, I was already pretty toasty at this point. I was already close to 100 uh, on the dial. But I walk past this couple. They're just, like, talking, taking a selfie, doing something. I don't know, whatever. So I get up to the top of this point, and uh, I'm just looking out kind of over the, the old mines, really beautiful scenery. Uh, the sun is kind of coming up in the east behind me. And all of a sudden, I notice the guy's walking up the hill, just the guy up towards me. And I was like, oh, he's just going to ask for a picture. And he does. He's like, can you take a picture of the two of us? I was like, of course. And so we're walking back kind of down the hill. There's another, like, small lookout point where his partner is standing. And before we get there, he's like, okay, so actually it's not a picture. It's a video because I'm proposing. Whoa. All of a sudden, I'm sweating. And not just from the heat. This is a lot of pressure. There's this couple. We, uh, they're from New York. They were driving from Death Valley up to uh, Yosemite, Yosemite. 
as Trump would say that day. And I didn't, I didn't show any of this because I'm, I am a cool cucumber, baby. But I'm like, God, I hope I don't fuck this up. And I didn't. I took a nice video. If I had been thinking a little bit more clearly, I don't know if it was Death Valley Brain or what, I would have whipped out my phone, taken a picture of the moment as I was taking a video in my other hand with this guy's phone. But um, I didn't do that. So if, if the couple's listening, I didn't advertise my show to them because I don't want to be one of those guys. But uh, if, they, if you come across this somehow, I don't really know how. I wasn't wearing my Beantown shirt that day. I did wear my Beantown podcast shirt on the Grand Canyon hike. So if we get a big influx of Arizona listeners, hello from, uh, from, from Chicago. <laughs> um, so probably, probably that couple's probably not going to find this, TBH. But congratulations to you anyways. So. That was the proposal. Next thing I do, there's there's kind of a main drive on the eastern edge of Death Valley, um, just south of the Furnace Creek Visitor Center. Had to take a picture of that because it's uh, my name. So you drive down Badwater Road, and uh, first major stop, the Devil's Golf Course. You got to take a, a long, maybe half mile, cor- three 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 tenths to five-tenths mile uh, dirt road back to get there. But you're, you're at the floor of the, uh, of the valley at that point, and it's really cool. I can't really describe what it looks like. Just Google Devil's Golf Course. You'll see it. But you listen, and there's no one else out there. It's just you. And you all of a sudden you hear this little, these little popping noises like, And I'm no geologist, but it has something to do with the salt builds up these formations, and then it gets so hot that they explode, these tiny little salt things, and they, it just keeps happening over and over again. It was really neat, a very audio-centric experience. And so that was cool, and then I continued driving down to uh, the main spot that everyone wants to go to. Badwater Basin, the lowest place in North America. Um, and I should mention Furnace Creek Visitor Center back in, uh, it was like 1910 or something. The hottest recorded temperature in human history, 134 degrees. Pretty impressive. The hottest I, I got in Death Valley, granted I left before noon, was I think one eight. Or one thirteen? No, one thirteen is what I saw in Death Valley. One eighteen was the hottest on my trip. That was in Palm Springs. We'll get there in a little bit here. I promise I'm moving as fast as I can. But you go to Badwater Basin. It's just like a huge salt flat. You can park and then walk out into it as far as you want. I probably walked for about half a mile out, and then you know it's not like you're walking to see something. You're just literally walking straight into the valley. Um, on top of salt and you just walk for as long as you want to walk and then you walk back to your car. So I did that. It was really hot. Uh, I went up to something called uh, a long bad water road, natural bridge Canyon. And you can uh, hike a little bit back into there. And I was, I was doing a little bit of uh, side exploring through a, a narrow spot. And all of a sudden I hear a, that's a rattlesnake. 
for those of you listening at home. And uh, I didn't see it, but I decided I'm just going to back out. And hopefully the rattlesnake is in front of me and not behind me. And uh, I didn't go any further into that nook or cranny, if you will. C-R-A-N-N-Y. But uh, the rest of Natural Bridge Canyon was really cool. I got to see some of the spots where they filmed uh, Tatooine in uh, uh, Star Wars 4 and 6. If you're curious, places like Golden Canyon, which I didn't go back into, but that's where, uh, like, the droids are walking in Episode 4 when the Jawas ambush them. And uh, Dante's View, I didn't drive up there because it's kind of off on another road, but that's where, like... Obi-Wan takes Luke to look over and he says, most likely, spaceport, you'll never find a more wretched hive of villainy and scum or whatever. So that's that point. So um, there's a couple other things in there that I saw that was pretty neat, but uh, I started driving out. There's one one gas station uh, in Furnace Creek, I believe. It's the name of the town where the visitor center is, uh, kind of the main hub for the park. And... Unleaded gas. So this is the cheap one. In Furnace Creek, six twenty nine. That's six two nine for those of you listening at home. I did not stop to fuel up there because uh, I didn't need to because I planned ahead. But uh, kind of pricey. So then I had a very long drive, a lot of ups and downs through mountains uh, to go to Lone pine which is on the eastern edge of the sierra nevadas i didn't realize it until i saw the sign that said you're now leaving death valley national park it's huge it's like the whole valley is a national park i looked it up after um and i i would have to double check but i think death valley is the third largest national park in the united states after uh there's there's a huge one in Alaska, which I did not go to because it's very remote. Then there's Denali, which is second in size. I believe it's about the size of Massachusetts. And then there's Death Valley, which has to be like the size of Connecticut or something. It's just gigantic, if not larger than that. I, I don't know. It's It was huge. Um, but I drove to Lone Pine and got some ice cream. And uh, I realized there, originally I just wanted to like get a view of Mount Whitney from, you know, 395, the main highway there. But then I was like, wait, the trailhead is actually here. I, I was under the impression, because of just lack of research, that the trailhead was on the western slope in uh, the Sequoia National Park, but it's actually on the eastern slope. Well, there, I think you can approach it from both sides, but the traditional approach is from the east. So you can actually drive up to the trailhead. you got to wind your way way up through the mountains, super scary drive, like, cliffs all that stuff but then eventually you get up in there and you're in the sequoia national forest and super pretty you know the trees are beautiful you know campsites a couple of different like restaurants and bars whatever uh but yeah it's it's where people begin their ascent of mount whitney excuse me the uh lower 48 states highest point and uh, i watched I watched a video later that night of a guy doing like a step-by-step climb of it. It's a, it's not a technical hike. You can actually just like, I, I could do it. I would be scared shitless, but uh, because it's a very spooky, if you've never seen a picture of Mount Whitney, Google it. It is like the spookiest mountain I've ever seen. Just jagged, sheer rock. Like who would want to go up there? Not me. 
but you can. It's just like a lot of switchbacks. And hopefully you get good weather. And apparently people get struck by lightning up there all the time. So sounds fun. Uh, but I drove at that point. It was getting later in the day. I drove from Lone Pine down 395. Uh, and eventually I took a mountain pass to get to Bakersfield where I was staying on. This was Wednesday night. I had to drive through a dust storm. I had never driven through a dust storm before. South of Lone Pine before uh, cutting through the Sierra Nevadas to get to the other side to Bakersfield. If you never driven through a dust storm, it was pretty dusty. And I don't really know how else to describe it. I couldn't see a ton. Didn't have big visibility. I saw a tumbleweed rolling across the highway. That was pretty neat to see it in person and not have it just be like a movie stereotype. Uh, but that was pretty cool. Um, I should mention here, because I made a note of it here in my uh, in my notes here, if you will. Uh, and I haven't checked this out for myself yet, but BibleUniversity.com. I listen, if you don't know, when I'm doing, when I'm in the car and I'm out in the South or the West or any sort of God-fearing country, I, I, will, I will browse through the radio stations, hit that seek button. And oftentimes the only thing that comes through clearly is good old God-fearing Christian, white Christian radio. And you get all sorts of things. I mean, I listen to sermons. I listen to more of the, like the Chris Tomlin type music. My favorite thing is when you get the broadcast out of like the Moody Bible Institute. Um, they do, there's two things I really love. Well, and, and this is a quick separate side, but there was an advertisement for BibleUniversity.com. And I think I got to check that out. Uh, I'll report on that later. But two things I really like is when they do the like historical reenactment of just different significant Christian characters throughout history. And, you know, you get the different voice actors playing out the parts. And I don't know who wrote those screenplays, but they're pretty fun. And then I also really love, and I think I'd mentioned this uh, when we did our fall road trip last year through the Northeast, but you get these, like, stories that are intended for children that are just, like, really sad or harsh. Um, this time it was a kid who like left home. He ran away from home and he didn't want anything to do with God. And he went to China. He, he took a boat to China, China, and was just like real. I think the point of the story was like, God is everywhere and you can't escape him. So you might as well submit and a whole separate podcast on the themes explored in that show but uh, there were some pretty racist asian accents going on it was quality listening as i was driving through the sequoia national forest really scenic drive from the the turnoff on 395 down into bakersfield you got to go up through the mountains sierra nevadas and you come down your wind along a river um, that goes into bakersfield i can't recall which river it was but the drive is really scenic huge big winding roads you're going downhill you're riding the brakes the whole way um i saw a coyote which is pretty cool i think it was somewhere around lone pine um just hanging out in the street took him a really long time to move but that was the the first and last coyote i saw on this trip um so i stayed in bakersfield my last full day was thursday and i woke up 
probably five, five thirty, something like that. Drove from Bakersfield down I five uh, towards Los Angeles, and I got to tell you, this was like NASCAR. People were driving so fast; it made Chicago look like a parking lot. I have never casually on a highway driven a hundred before, but this was that. We were just that was what we were doing. If you were going any slower than like ninety, people were going to be pissed off at you. I know because I got pissed off at people going 90. Uh, Yeah, it was just a huge, the whole highway. You're kind of coming down out of the mountains into the valley, uh, and we were all just going 100. It was, it sounds scary, and it was a little bit, but keep in mind speed is all relative. So it's, you know, you're like driving that fast, but you're not feeling like, oh, my God, I can't do this. I'm out of control. Um, but that was pretty neat. I've never, I mean, I've probably gotten up to a hundred in my life before once or twice on a probably random country road, but never just like casually on the highway. So that was pretty cool. So I wanted a place to hike in the Los Angeles area. Nothing too butt kicking because I was still pretty sore from 13 miles in the Grand Canyon on Tuesday, but I found a cool little, uh, uh, cool little mountain in the Angeles National Forest just north of Pasadena. And there's a really great history. I'm not going to have the battery life or the energy to walk you through the whole thing on the show here. But Echo Mountain, if you you want to read more about my hike and sort of what I was seeing, Google the Mount Low Railway. Essentially, in the late 19th century, there was this professor, last name Low, who wanted to build this basically imagine a chairlift but instead of a uh, like chairs it was a trolley that runs along a track that looks like a railroad track that goes from Pasadena in the valley like straight up this mountain practically the grade on the tracks is like 65 degrees or something I'm not exaggerating and it goes up and its first major stop, it, it goes up further than I ended up going, but it goes up to something called Echo Mountain, and there was this really cool resort up there. They called it the White City. There was, you know, like places to sleep. There was a, you know, casino, dine up there, all that stuff. This is like 1890s or something. This was super early. And eventually it, like, burned down in a wildfire, not short, not, not too long after it, started operating it wasn't in existence for very long and then i think most of the track got washed away in a flood the whole thing never made it the last the last full trip up there was in like the 40s or 50s i think Uh, so this thing wasn't in existence for super long but you can hike up there it's about three miles one way to echo mountain and that's just kind of the first main stop you can continue up into the mountains uh to some other points but i was I was already pretty tired uh, just going three miles like straight up on switchbacks. But uh, you get up there and you can see the ruins and remains like the foundation and stuff, you know, high up above Los Angeles, which was pretty neat, pretty photogenic spot. And uh, there's an old rail car up there. They have the old uh, wheel that they would use to, you know, wrap the cable around it, whatever, that pulled the trolley up and down the mountain. Uh, this wheel is huge, as you can imagine. But that was pretty neat. If you want to read more about it, uh, I would encourage you to Google the Mount Low Rail- Railway and read through the Wikipedia article if you have 10 minutes. Hiking down, I saw a tarantula, 
which was awesome. It was a, a little adolescent kind of baby one, not full size, couldn't have been larger than four or five inches across. And he wasn't really doing anything. He was just hanging out uh, on the trail. But if you if you saw it on Instagram or, or Facebook, I, I got a picture of it, which is pretty neat. I've never seen a tarantula in the wild before. And if I've ever actually seen one before, it was probably just like at a zoo. So that was cool. Um, after that, I spent way too long driving. First, the first part of the next segment was straightforward. I wanted to see Griffith Observatory. You can drive up there. You can't park very close without paying $10. And I was like not in the mood to get out and walk around because it was hot. I just finished a six-mile hike. Like I just wanted, really wanted to snap a picture. So you can like drive up to it. And as you're getting ready to like turn around and go back down the mountain, you, I, I got a pick, which was cool. That's what I wanted to do. The observatory itself is only open Friday through Sunday. So this was a Thursday. You can't just like walk around or walk into it. Then I spent way too long the next 90 minutes driving around the Hollywood Hills trying to get a good pick of the Hollywood sign. I had seen it from the car, but I just wanted to like find a spot to get out, snap a pick. If you've never driven in the Hollywood Hills before, this is probably scariest driving experience I have ever had. Super winding, super narrow. You go straight up. You'll go straight down. It's where a bunch of these celebrities live. I didn't even see anyone cool. But just blind corner after blind corner, like so tight and narrow. Not fun. Kind of cool, and one of those things where on the you know back end you can be like, yeah, I, I drove through that, and that was kind of neat. But while you're in it, just gripping the steering wheel for dear life. I mean, this is way more scary to me than like driving up Mount Whitney or driving to the Mount Whitney Trailhead, which is just like on cliffs and stuff. This was way worse because you never know when someone's just gonna like come barreling around the corner and not have split second reaction speeds and you're going to get smacked, which I really don't want to deal with in a rental car in the narrow, narrow streets of the Hollywood Hills. Not fun. Worst part, never actually got a good pick of the Hollywood sign. Oh, well, I saw it. Not everything. Here's a lesson for you kids listening. Not everything has to go on Instagram. Okay. Uh, I drove down uh, out of the Hills, drove down Hollywood Boulevard, uh, for about half a mile or so, just to just to say I did it, just to see it a little bit. Uh, you know, this was like Thursday at like one or two in the afternoon, so it wasn't a ton of action at that point, but uh, still kind of neat. There was nothing about it that was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to go back. You know, it is what it is. Uh, and then I, I, you know, at, at this point you're in Hollywood, and I was ending my day at, at Palm Springs, but I was like. I have wanted my whole life, in particular in college and grad school when we played GTA V, I've wanted my whole life to go to Santa Monica Pier. And so I drove to the ocean, and I was really worried about parking because the closer you get, it's just like so congested. There's people everywhere, scooters galore. Uh, I was like, damn, am I going to be able to find parking, or am I just going to like drive along it and like see it? and then have to leave. But I found really like the cheapest hourly parking you can find, $1 per hour, max of two hours. Perfect for a guy like me. 
right on the beach. So I parked there. I uh, was out of my car for maybe 30 or 40 minutes. It was still really hot along the ocean. I walked out to the edge of the pier. If you've never been, there's like an amusement park there. Every kind of like restaurant, vendors, people playing music, like fishing, just a lot of people, a big swath of civilization. But I always wanted to do it. The Ferris wheel, it's just like super scenic. Plus, it just, you know, there's something about like, taking this long trip driving a ton through the desert and then you like get to the ocean like you made it to the edge of land even though i'm going the opposite direction uh i'm really glad i did that i was only out of the car for half an hour or so but i saw that and then the rest of the day the rest of the trip really i that those are kind of the big highlights i mean i got back in my car uh let's see the next four things on my list just say los angeles traffic so separate, I made separate installments for each time I felt compelled, <laughs> but I got to, uh, Palm Springs. I saw a cool billboard on the side of the road, on the side of the highway, I five, as I was driving East, I think I might've said driving down or not I five, I 10, I said earlier I was driving down I five. That's correct. That's the North South Western backbone of the U S I 10 is the Southern backbone I was driving east on 10, past Dodger Stadium, out to Palm Springs. I saw a billboard advertising the Exotic Fantasies Swinger Resort in Palm Springs. And I had to ask myself, just how sexy is it? I actually, out of pure curiosity, uh, when I got to my place in Palm Springs, which was not the Swingers Resort, if I had known before booking, you know, that things might have been different, but alas... I wanted to research it online to be like, what what exactly goes on at a swingers resort? I mean, I, I understand the kind of core concepts, but beyond that, like, w- like what kind of activities? What's the general vibe? There is one area on the <laughs> on the website uh, like map titled the play area, and it's just like outdoor, so. You know, how sexy is it, I think, is the question I need to be asking. But I stayed in Palm Springs, and I woke up uh, the next morning. My flight out of Phoenix was about 1.30, and it's a four-hour drive or so from Palm Springs to Phoenix. And uh, you know me. Even when I'm vacationing, I can never quite stop working. I stopped twice in the desert to go pee, and each time I stopped, whipped out the phone, just got lucky, did a software test. So while you were out playing patty cake with whatever the line is that Uncle Rico says, I was bringing home the big bucks, $20 on my way from Palm Springs to Phoenix. Ate ate into the gas bill a little bit, which is good. Because gas is really expensive. So expensive in California compared to other states. Although Furnace Creek, 629 or whatever it was, nothing can top that. Got to Phoenix. Had a lot more bloody noses this trip that I didn't talk about, but that's not too interesting. Uh, I I got gas across the street from Chase Field, where the D-backs play. And... That was about it. 
dropped the car off. It was still really hot. 118 in Palm Springs was what I saw. Oh, I had the worst queso fundido of all time in Palm Springs. You get down there, you're like, oh, this will be like a good place to get Mexican food, right? I think I just picked the wrong place. They, you know, when I get queso fundido with Rachel at our place here in Chicago, um, they put it in a taco shell, which makes a lot of sense. This place just put it right on the aluminum foil and then inside of like a plastic container. Uh, and so by the time you open it up back at the place, it's completely stuck. And you're literally just like holding the aluminum foil, taking it out of the plastic container and just like biting into it and hoping you don't get a mouthful of aluminum or tin or whatever precious metal it was. But yeah, dropped it off in Phoenix, dropped off the car. Uh, it was a little over 1,500 miles, uh, and I had the car for approximately 94 to 95 hours uh, and flew back. The flight back was much more pleasant. I was closer to the front, front of the plane. I had... I was, again, given an aisle seat. This time I actually had the aisle seat. Um, and uh, easy flight, easy uh, everything. Back to Chicago. Blue line, 76 to home. Easy peasy. Uh, so, yeah, I got really fortunate with just, like, all, all in all, the planes being good, no delays, um, great car, obviously, no issues. And, yeah, I bet they were pretty uh, – I don't know how, like, car rental people actually feel if they actually care when they get your car back after four days and they see 1,500 miles on it. Corporate's probably not happy. The people there probably don't care. But, hey, unlimited mileage. You can't, you can't give me that and then be upset when I put the unlimited in unlimited mileage, okay? Um, yeah. That was my trip, and that was this episode. I'll give a shout-out to our, our sponsors, Home Pride Oregon. Uh, if you need your home inspected in Central Oregon, call Steve. He's my dad, 541-400-0316, or go to homeprideoregon.com for a high-quality, low-cost home inspection. Uh, Samson Q2U series, it's got crisp, clear audio quality. When God speaks, he uses the Samson. And our dear friends, Cuts by Q, if you need a fresh do, something snappy and new, call the experts at Cuts by Q. I believe, and I know I say something to this effect most shows, but I believe, if I recall correctly, this is this is 190. So the countdown to 200 begins next week um, with, with episode 191, I believe, is what's happening. So next weekend is Labor Day weekend, so that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. We're looking at... I believe if I did my math right, the first weekend of November, which believe it or not, I'm going to be in New York City for, and Daylight Savings Time ends. That, that was a jam-packed weekend. Could be episode 200. Live from the Big Apple, we've done, a, we've done a show there before. It could be fun to go back for our 200th show. Um, and actually, I believe three weeks before that, I'm going to be actually in Beantown proper. Uh, so that would be episode 190. Seven, I think. And I'm actually, I, I have multiple trips to Boston. I'm going to be in Boston in two weeks. 
on uh, September 11th, the 20th anniversary, never forget. I don't plan to broadcast from there. Here's why. I wake up in the morning. I take a Uber. This is for work to O'Hare. I fly to Boston. I work for about three hours. I take an Uber back to Logan. I fly to Chicago, and I get home at, like, midnight. So that'll be my Saturday. Can't wait. Um, uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. We just hit the hour mark. Been a long show, but uh, I wanted to give you the full rundown. It was an adventure. It was a lot of driving, a lot of wildlife, some cool hikes. Uh, saw some Star Wars filming locations. I mean, what more could you want? Had some local beer. Uh, Coachella Valley uh, or Coachella Brewing Company was the beer I had in Palm Springs. Uh, so, yeah, it was a, it was a great time. And uh, I got a lot of work emails to catch up on. But next weekend is Labor Day weekend. Don't know the plan exactly yet. But you know I'll be here every weekend without fail. Just call me the Rock of Ages. Thanks, everyone, for listening. That's what I have for you. If you made it this far, I really appreciate it. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or concerns, you can always email us, beantownpodcast.yahoo.com. It's beantownpodcast at yahoo.com. Dot com or head to beantownpodcast.com, and we would love to hear from you. My name is Quinn David Furness. This was my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast. Hopefully, if you're listening out there, you'll take some time to take a fun road trip adventure of your own in the near future. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Stay safe, stay sane, stay cool. August is almost over. I'll check in on you next time. Bye, everyone. <laughs>